Hello, everyone. I'm the Red Dog. Bark, bark. Watch the Three Count Podcast. Bark. Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering the Ring. I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller. And as you can tell today, you know, it's just it's just me. It's it's just me. The team, the team works for free 99. And apparently when you run out of hot dogs, and you can't give handshakes. They don't want to show up to work. It is what it is. So I'm running solo, and that's how we do. But this is now entering the ring, which means one thing. We have a special guest for you. You have seen this man on AEW. You've seen this man in OVW, MPX. You've seen this man on VIP Proving Grounds. You've seen this man attached to SOAR, and you've seen this man attached to NAW. This is the man, the myth, the legend, the man who's got more flips than Ricochet. Give it up for Xander Gold. What's up, everybody? How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm just thankful that you were... That was, uh, that was good. That was good. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I forgot to mention that. We do, like, these big-ass intros, like, before we get started. Yeah. So. <laughs> also, WCWA, that's a big one. That, that's one of my home promotions here. So. Right, right, right. I did. I was, yeah. I was taking notes, and I was, like, writing down all the promotions as I could. And I was like, I know I'm going to miss a whole bunch. <laughs> there, there's quite a bit. I've actually slimmed down some, but they're starting to pick back up now. So COVID kind of killed everything. Like, it did. yeah, it was shitty. I was on a hot, hot roll there for a minute. Started <laughs> to pick up and then freight train just came in and knocked me down. So that's life though. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. Like a lot of people tell me too, they're like, man, you picked the perfect time to start your career. I'm like, really? Because it doesn't feel that way. I feel like well, we got everyone sitting at home. Yeah. So you, it's a perfect time to like focus on training and then, you know, with you with this podcast, focus on you guys, you have guys with more time now because there's less bookings available now. So. And it's, it's definitely been helpful. I mean, you know, we were talking about it. Like we've, we've done a lot and it's, 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 I'm grateful for it. I'm not gonna lie. So it's definitely helped a lot. But let's get into, like, you, man. We ain't going to talk about this podcast. We talk about this podcast every Sunday um, in an argumentative state. It happens all the time. So, anyway, I want to know, man, who is Xander Gold? Xander Gold. Xander Gold is a kid that always dreamed of being a professional wrestler and was blessed with the opportunities in life to fight through struggles and make it a reality uh, late Later than expected, uh, I started wrestling when I was 25 uh, rather than being able to do it when I was like, you know, 16, 17, 18, which I would have preferred. Uh, but back then I was only like five foot tall, 98 pounds. So I was a little bit of guy. Um, so uh, I always made a promise to myself that I would focus on uh, giving myself something to offer the business before ever trying to get into the business. Um and that was me working out for eight years as hard as I could uh, to put on as much mass as I could. Luckily, I hit a little bit of a growth spurt. I'm not like gigantic get tall, but now I'm not five foot tall. So it's a big, big jump there. So um, I don't know. I'm just a young, humble kid that just loves every day and just kind of keeps moving forward, always pushing to try to better myself every single day in some sort of way. So That's awesome, man. That's, and that's like the best way to live life. Like, I just know, like, 
for me, like coming from like the military world, like just enjoy the ride. Sometimes like it's going to get bumpy, but man, overall, like it's, it's going to get what you put into it. So exactly. it's what you make it. 100%. Every situation. Yeah. You can, you can throw a pity party for yourself or you can do something about it. I mean, there's that two types of people and then you're going to be one or the other. So there's usually hardly any on the fence. It's always one or the other on that. <laughs> very true. It's very true. So for you, man, like pre-pandemic, during the pandemic, what's been like one of the hardest things for you as a pro wrestler? <sighs> you know, uh, just gathering connections for new states, uh, really kind of like trying to branch out more has uh, been tricky. Um, there's a lot of places I like to wrestle, but there's a lot of companies I don't even know what companies are in each state kind of thing. Uh, and then just trying to figure out who to reach, where to send my stuff, how to get them to respond back uh, on stuff. You know, just typical indie wrestlers trying to make a name for themselves. Um, also, you know, you find companies that you want to try to work for, but then they don't want to pay your fee. Um, you know, because I value what I can do and what I can bring to a company. So um, I don't devalue myself by charging a certain amount. I always make sure I get what I'm worth, at least covering my uh, fees for travel. And then also still being able to bring some money home because eventually I want to be able to do that for a living and make a living doing it and not have to, you know, do something else. And, and it's really hard to do in the Indies. It really is. Even if you're consistently working every weekend, I mean, but if you're, making just enough to get by, pay your gas and stuff like that, maybe your hotel. I mean, you're basically wrestling for free at that sense. So it gets, it gets a little tricky to get bookings in that sense, but that's been probably the toughest thing is that to not devalue myself just to try to get a booking. So I try to have qual- uh, quality over quantity mm-hmm. um, and this tend to work out for me. So thus far, so yeah, no, that's good advice too. Like to always like make sure you're holding yourself at a standard and that you don't underrate your that that standard. So yeah, you're you're on the right path, man, for saying something like that. That's awesome. So and also I and for some people, some people might not know me as Xander. So before Xander Gold happened, it was actually the standard uh Dusty Gold is uh what I used to go by for the last five years. Um I had the opportunity on AW. I can't, I couldn't use Dusty. So um, to make it easier, and then you get a lot. The networking there was amazing. Uh, being able to meet so many new people and kind of you know gather those uh, new friendships and stuff like that, which is gonna it eventually helps. You know, it's all about who you know. Um, but I wasn't able to do that, so I had to come up with a name. Came up with Xander. Um, so I've kind of just built off that since I changed it on all platforms. Uh, and that way there's no confusion. So when people saw me in AEW, they tried looking up Xander and then there was nothing but the AEW. There was more stuff available. Um, so it's, it was time for a change too. It's been five years as dusty. So, but yeah. No, I mean, that's cool though. You understand like, Hey, the, Time's got to change. I'm going to change with them and just keep it moving. So that's if you don't, you're going to get left behind. I mean, you got to change with the times or get left behind. Uh, people should always, if your character feels stale and you're not getting any booking stuff like that, it's time to mix it up. 
you got to change something because obviously what you're doing isn't working. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, great points there, man. I love hearing this. Uh, so my other favorite questions I ask, every wrestler has one of these things, but I just kind of want to know your favorite thing. So what has been your favorite fan interaction? Oh, man, I, just, I love the kids. I mean, the kids are my favorite fans, but, like, uh, my favorite fan reaction, man. I have had one. It was actually the first company I worked for. Um, uh, her name is Emma. She's just such a sweetheart. Um, I actually, uh, it's funny because it's a small town, but uh, I had my own Christmas float uh, as Dusty. And uh, she was the Mrs. Claus for it. And I was supposed to be Santa Claus. And so, and all the kids of the town uh, were like the trees and stuff like that. So um, that was probably one of my, my favorite moments of, just being able to be who I am and uh, to inspire all those little kids and stuff. So, and hopefully they'll, they'll do what I do, you know, and push through and eventually make what they want to do, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be wrestling, but hopefully I inspire people to just want to do what they want to do, follow their dreams in a sense. So. That's awesome though. And it's cool that you were like, you, you know, inspiring kids. That's, that's, that's important too, man. Like, you know, it's, it's the one thing I feel like I hear consistently is that like, you know, you're always wanting to give back to the future generations who've helped build them to be where they want to go. And I feel like, you know, it's just, it's crazy to meet so many positive people like in the business that are all about that life. And I'm like, this is, I feel like me falling in, into here and then knowing like, I've always wanted to be like a wrestler as well. Kind of like how you were saying, but like knowing that you can touch like so many people's lives for the positive, like that's such a big influence for me and like wanting to like do more while I'm here. When you said you're, you know, you're 36, right? So think of DDP, right? He yeah. started when he was 40. So, and uh, he's still a well-known name to this day. So um, it's not necessarily never too late. I mean, do you want to live your life and then eventually, you know, get on your deathbed and have all these what ifs and like wishes you could have, or do you want to be that person that did it? And even if you don't make it as far as you want it to, but you consistently get closer and closer to getting it and you knew you tried your best. I mean, that in itself is going to be better for your morale as you know, you're on your death better and you go, cause you live one life. You got to live it to the fullest of what you want to do. Each stream is yours it's not somebody else's so a lot of people give up on wrestling was the same where like there's a lot of closet wrestling fans it's kind of gotten less like that so like they're like yeah i'm a wrestling fan blah, blah, blah. or around people who like wrestling if someone else mentions wrestling they'll bring it up or um but if someone else is around they're like oh yeah that's true. don't talk about wrestling man don't talk about wrestling kids like wrestling yeah okay um and uh, you could be that person or you can actually try to do it and see what happens. I mean, it's better to try than not try at all. Yeah. And the only people that won't ever achieve it are the people that just fail and then give up. I mean, you just got to stay consistent with everything. It doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. Nothing happens overnight. So. No, I mean, that's, it's so funny. It's so funny to hear you say it like that. Right. Cause, um, 
I'll even share like a story with you. This is kind of a fun story for me. Um, but I have a bunch of friends and we all play Call of Duty like at night, right? And uh, one of my friends was like, hey man, so uh, like he was asked about the podcast. How's that wrestling podcast coming along? I bet it's like, you know, you're probably not getting like one or two listens like a day or uh, an episode. And I was like, well, actually it's between like 40 to 50, depending on like who comes on the show. I was like, but it's funny you're going to talk about my show like that. And he was just like, well, it's it's not like I mean like a negative. I was like, you're a wrestling fan. How are you talking about it? I was like, do you listen to the show? He's like, well, I listened to a couple episodes here and there. I was like, I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you're right. There's so many closet wrestling fans that they don't want to come out and admit that they're they're wrestling fans. I'm just like, man, you can talk about it with me all day. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's, I mean, I've always been open about it. I've never hid that I was a big wrestling fan. I've always told everyone that's what I wanted to be when I grew up. And they laughed at me, but now look at me, you know? So, like, joke's on them. What are they doing with their lives? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, if they're doing what they love, great. That's cool for them. But, you know, they talk trash about me, but I accomplished what I wanted to do so far and continue to, to set new goals and keep going, so. Yeah, I think I got I got I get it real for like a bunch of my friends from back home because, like even in high school, like that's all I talked about was like pro wrestling and like I would I was that kid that was watching Monday Night Raw, I was that kid watching Sunday Night Heat, um, Velocity, like I was watching all those shows and the WCW Wars, right? Like I was watching those, I was watching everything, and like people used to make fun of me like after like they said everything died off, I'm like whatever, man, we keep watching, and I just kept kept at it. I just love I love wrestling and I love watching it and talking about it and. Um, it was fun like watching my friends because like all of a sudden like they see like I mean like I have a t-shirt and they're all like oh my god like this is you're really doing this I'm like yeah yeah I really am chasing my goals <laughs> like this is what I want to do I was like I did everything that everybody asked me to do in life and I think that was the one thing like and you probably could attest to this too uh, but like everybody had something else for me that they wanted me to do and like so I've, I've done everything that everybody else has asked me to do right like my parents were like, we want you to go to college and graduate. I'm like, cool, did that. I don't, I don't want to do that. Friends were all like, we want you to do this. All right, cool, did that. And I'm, I'm done. I was like, I'm going to start doing things for me. Like, I need to start doing things for me. I, I did that early. I, I, I learned that early. Um, my parents, when I told my, my mom when I wanted to be a professional, she goes, well, maybe you should get a more realistic job. And I said, what is not realistic about wrestling? And she's like, I just there's like a one in 10%, like one in like a thousand percent chance or whatever that you you could actually make it, especially where I was from, you know, dirt poor in, in a trailer house. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to be that 1% then. Lucky me. You know, I was like, I'm going to make myself the 1%. I'm not just going to sit here and say, Oh, well, okay. You're right. You know what? You know, my dream, you know what it's going to take to be it. You know what I have inside of me that I can make it happened. You, you know all that, right? So I guess I could just fall in line and do whatever else should, tells me to do. Or I can continue to stay outside the box, tell you to go over there, sit down, shut up, and let me do what I do because it's my dream. And I, I'm going to set the goals, and then I'm going to make that shit happen. So and that's what I did. So Yep. And I'm not anything about it now, you know? So. <laughs> well, I know, like, even, like, for my dad, right, like, Cause I, I wrestled in college as well. And, um, um, and crazy enough, actually one of my really good friends, you know, we wrestled at the same college. He's in the professional business as well. Like he's a pro wrestler too. 
And uh, it was just funny. Wrestlers. What's that? Amateur wrestlers are some of the best wrestlers. I'm one myself. So, hey, shout outs. What college? Uh, I didn't go to college. I oh, you did? Okay. Uh, so, so I did high school, and uh, but I did do amateur wrestling. And then my senior year, because I was so small um, and I wanted to do this, I stopped. And uh, I focused on weight training and okay. to get in my body to where I wanted it to be beforehand. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I'm thankful that I had that opportunity to do in high school because it helps so much when starting off with chain wrestling and everything. And just like the way you have to think, because I also did a little bit of mixed martial arts right out of high school because I didn't have a wrestling school where I'm at uh, now um, uh, back whenever I was trying to get into one. And so the first thing I did at 19 is I went and did uh, mixed martial arts to learn grappling and kickboxing and stuff like that. So that really helped me transition from wrestling. And that was really easy um, other than not like the staying on your back thing was the only thing tricky for that. Um, but it also helped me think three moves ahead, which is what I train my students. We do shoot wrestling. We'll get back to back. You can only get up on one knee and we actually have to try to tap each other out. No punches, but just grappling, and you can't get up on your feet. So it teaches them to think. So if you're in a hole, you have to think, well, if he's got this, what can I go for next? And when I get in there, I'm already three moves ahead. So I let them do whatever they want. I'll kind of like just play with them a little bit, and then whenever they get into my guard or, or whatever, then I'll start to work with something and see how long they're going to focus on that so I can switch to the other thing I'm working on. So, like, I'm working different holds at the same time. And I, and I try to tell them that. It's like, so if you ever fuck up in a match, you need to be thinking three moves ahead. Well, what? I got to recover. Think fast. What's next? And you can recover a lot better if you think on your feet like that. So, I got, that went into a long rant. Sorry. No, that's <laughs> great advice, though, man. Like, that, like that's it. Like, that is something that, like, I'm learning, too. Like, it's kind of still picking back up. Like, the one thing about amateur wrestling that makes it so great, though, is that we're – like you always have like a good base. Like if you're, if you're an amateur wrestler, you always have this good base for like everything. And you're like, you said, you know, you're kind of rolling with the punches. That's like something that like, even I'm, you know, peel back you more of the curtain. Right. So behind the scenes doing a practice match, like I was talking to a person and we were, it was the first time I was calling a match. And so like I was working with him, we were talking about how we we're going to move things. And then like, he forgot a spot. And so we missed. And so like, the first couple of times it has been crazy. So the first couple of times that we ran practice matches, like I got frustrated because like I was, I didn't want to embarrass like the person that I was, that was trying to work with me. I didn't want to embarrass them. I was trying to do everything perfect. And so finally, like, my trainer had, yeah. And that's the one thing my trainer used to tell me all the time. He, he said it like the first time I met him, he was like, um, it's not uh, if you get hurt, but it's when you get hurt. And so he came back to me. He was like, listen, it's not if you fuck up, it's when you fuck up. He's like, you will mess up. He's like, I promise you. So once he said that to me, and even like this was like just recently, I, I woke up and I was like, all right, bet. So we messed up a spot and he like, he hit the ropes and as he came back, I just lowered my shoulder into him, picked him up and slammed him down and then jumped on top. And then we were working a hold and I was like, all right, we got to like, all right, this is where we're going to go. This is where we got to move next. All right, so let's get, let's get to moving. And then like, everything kind of worked back out but I was like at that initial point I was like oh, I'm so glad that that was something that was told to me because I would have been like that's an old school way too is if you forget something grab a hold right <laughs> so that that's an old school thing that you train people you know and uh it's knowing that is what's gonna help you I've had tons of guys like miss something fuck up 
I immediately go grab a hold of some sort and work up to figure out where we're at. And uh, I forget spots all the time because guys call like 20,000 million spots. And I'm like, okay, bro, I'm not going to remember jack shit of that when we get out there. So, um, cool. I'm a very simple, like, keep me that old school cut, you know, shine, you know, heat, uh, small host spot, more heat, small host spot, more heat, maybe a double down, maybe not, maybe go straight to a comeback. Oh, and then go into the go home finish. Like basic. What you fucking do through the heat, I don't give a shit. Just tell me out there. I don't I don't need to know in the back. Like I don't want to walk down. Unless it's like a very difficult thing I need to take a certain way. I'm like, just tell me out there. I'm like, this is a couple moves, this is what I'll do for my hope spot, this that. Um, at some point, I'll just say at some point, throw me to the ropes, go for hip toss, and I'll do the rest. You know, something something simple like that. So, um, like some guys tend to overcomplicate it, and that's when they get lost, and then that's when they stare at each other like two deers in headlights, just looking at each other. Uh, oh shit, we're both lost. What do we do now? Instead of going, okay, back fucked up. Let's go into something. Else. Ah, all right, oh, you lost. All right, let's go. Come on. <laughs> it it is it is so crazy. Like I know a couple of my uh, couple of my friends too. They're telling me they're like, dude. Sometimes we just get into a wrestle just to have a conversation. Like we may not even be lost, but um. Talk like, about the girl in the front row. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're saying. They're like, yeah, I just want to talk about that person. So I'm like, all right, bet. So it's 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 fun to know, but it's something I always think about too. It's like, all right, man, like things are gonna happen. You guys be okay with it. But it's 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 funny listening to you talk about it because like that's why I was telling my friends was like, yo, like just keep things simple for me. Like don't complicate it. Don't put it out. Just we can literally talk about it while we're out there in the ring. Just just don't overlook because sometimes. Like you said, guys want to call like 20 spots. I'm like, I'm going to give up after five. <laughs> like, I'm just not going to worry about it. Well, everyone expects to put on these like epic matches of all these different spots and they're going so fast. And like a lot of people can't even register half of the shit that they're doing. So like they're doing all of it for nothing because they're not going to remember anything until you have a moment the reason why my big moves, my high flying moves that I do, which isn't very many, but everyone thinks I'm a super high flyer, but I only do a couple moves that are actually high flying. It's my springboard line salt, and then my my now my new slingshot line salt, uh, and then that top row back foot. That's really it. But because where I place them in the match, they mean the most, so they're so big and impactful. Everyone's impressed when it happens. So it told the story leading up to it, and it meant something when I did it instead of it. If you do all these flippy floppy stuff all the entire match, then when you do your big moves, you if you don't get a reaction, there's a reason for that. Crowd had no reason to react because you did all this other shit before that was, you know, should have been the one that ended the match. So you got to listen to your crowds too. That's where a lot of guys are messing up on like things. There's certain crowds that are they love that shit. They're all about that, like ninety nothing, thousand different moves, whatever. To certain crowds but then you also have some old school crowds that don't want that so you got to be able to call stuff in the back go out there in the ring and you may flip the script completely out there based off what the crowds are acting so that you can actually give them what they're there paying for you to see you i mean yeah you can go out there and go i want to get my shit in but really it's not about getting your shit in it's about giving them what they paid for they paid for a good show it's not about going over it's about getting over you know you can do get yourself over and not actually win the match if you do it right and you guys aren't doing a thousand different moves that 
don't mean anything. So it's all about placing everything right. I feel like I have an old school mindset on all my shit that I do, but I still have like a new school. I understand the new school and why they want to do some of the stuff. And I'll place certain things in my matches that have that flash to it. But I try to make it mean something before. And I also don't blow my load all in one match too. Because if you come back, you just did all those thousand things. And you come back to that second match. What are you going to give now? You've already done everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear that a lot too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cool. If it's a one-off, you're never going to face the guy ever again. and Or you're never going to face him in that town again. Cool. Blow your load. Cool. Whatever. You know, then it's okay. Um, I would still try to save it. Because, like, you're going to shock people if you don't do the same stuff in every single match, too. I always change it up. I have, like, three different comebacks. That way, it's not always the same shit every single time. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I like that, actually. Yeah. You, you, you never, because if you give them the same stuff every single time, you become, become, you become predictable. Cena, right? <laughs> Five moves of doom. You knew exactly what he was going to do and when he was going to do it in every single match. You know, uh, not that it didn't make him, you know, millions of dollars or anything, but like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's always been weird to me that like as many times as he fits, faced the Miz, like the every time the five moves of doom was what got Miz. I'm like, you guys wrestled like hundreds of times. And like not once did you just be like, nope. <laughs> right. Well, and that, see, that's how I am. So if I face someone more than once, the second time I, I go, okay, well, we know each other, right? So let's tell the crowd that we know each other. So you're going to go for your certain moves that you always go for, and I'm going to reverse it, or I'm going to catch it, or and you're going to do the same thing to me. So that way it's like ping pong, and then when we finally hit it, boom, that's the story it's telling. We're trying to hit this certain move because you know it's going to end it, but they know it's coming. So it's just all about that storytelling, which is what a lot of wrestling's lacking is storytelling. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love story. I, I I love wrestling. I've been a fan for you know my entire life, so I'm very passionate about it, and I love going out there and delivering what I'm supposed to deliver to the fans. So, so I would ask you like, what do you think is missing from pro wrestling? But obviously, it's storytelling. That's oh yeah, <laughs> storytelling and uh, saving moves. Like, don't kill a move. It like make moves mean something because right now a lot of the indies they don't mean anything. There's thousand super kicks. Everyone's doing a cutter, different variations. You know, everyone's doing a spear. Everyone's doing freaking Canadian destroyers, um, power bombs. All these big moves that used to end matches are like just used to do nothing, basically. Um, just to feed into a match. Like, why? Why? There's no point. I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't, that's not me. No, no, if no, you no. Watch, watch any of my matches. I, if I hit something, and it's a big move, they either hit their foot on the rope for a kick out, um, or it's like because we faced each other before, and it's just like that's just that one move that no one's kicked out of, and he just happened to that one time kick out of it to lead to the finish. So. No, it's funny because like I know a friend of mine. Um, we we were doing a, uh we did a match we were running one back and um like he was like all right man this is what we're gonna do we hit this move we hit this move and we hit this move and then you're gonna win on a roll up and i was like yeah, well, what? you're the vet 
you're the vet and I'm just going to roll with you because you're the vet. <laughs> I was like, all right. That's what I don't get. You know, yeah, you'll hit all these thousands of moves in a match and you'll kick out of those and you get beat by a roll-up. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. Like, what? That makes no sense. Like, I, I just don't understand. That, that, that is, that's the, you just, like, that's the, the finish of the hand basket right there for guys that throw every, every awesome move that should be ending a match in there. Yep, and I was like, and you know, even afterwards, like a bunch of guys came back to me. They're like, "Look, man, that match should have ended like three moves ago." <laughs> and I'm like, "I know, I know, I know, I know, I know." I'm just, I was like, "I'm just here. I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm just here so I don't get fined." <laughs> like, <I> was, <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a, uh, it was fun, but it was, it was definitely like, um, it was eye opening to like hear that spot, and then I was like, "I know this is gonna look really bad on both of us," but. Like I'll just ride with it. I was like, I'm in my first year. I could just be like, yo, I'm a rook. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, one of my questions I really do want to ask you is like, what advice would you give to up and coming wrestlers? Uh, Learn to sell but not oversell. Um, And the art of wrestling is selling. Right? Look at Shawn Michaels. He's probably one of the best sellers of all time. Um. And, you know, I would say if you're coming in and you're having your first few matches and you're so excited and you want to do all this flippy stuff, don't do it. Don't do it. And also, yeah, I guess this would be the biggest advice. Don't do a move in a match that you've never done before. That someone's going to get hurt or it's going to look like shit. Because you don't know how to properly take it because you haven't tried taking it before the actual match, before the crowd. Um, on top of that, when someone, even if they're a veteran, okay, and they want you to take a move, if you don't know how to take it, don't be afraid to say, hey, I don't know how to take that move. Um, ask maybe if they walk you through it, maybe. Um, but don't be afraid to say, hey, I'm not comfortable taking that move. If it's a really big move and you're afraid it's going to hurt your career, you're on the independent scene. You're getting a hot dog and a damn handshake. I don't want to break my neck for a hot dog and a handshake, okay? I got bills to pay. Um, I would say I don't care you know, how long the other guy has been in the business. If you are comfortable taking a move, you have to tell them. Most of the time, they're going to be okay with it because it's a safety issue anyways. If they properly care about taking care of you like they should, but okay, well, let's do uh, – uh, what are you comfortable taking? You know, something simple. We can figure out a way around it. Also, like telling them what you're not able to do can help, especially someone who knows what they're doing, can work around that and still make you look like a million bucks and make themselves look like a million bucks still. If they properly know what you can do. If you go, yeah, yeah, I can take that. I usually will go, mm. and they go, yeah, I think I can take that. Like, All right, we're not doing that. Let's cut that out. That's what I always do. If I ask someone to take something and they go, they go, yeah, I think I can take that. I'm like, oh, you think? Yeah, we're not going to do that. Let's cut that. We're going to go into this. Hold that. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't risk it. No, no, no. Safety first, not for their own good. Like, oh, I, I love it though. I had a, I had a friend of mine. Um, he's in the tag team, and he, uh, he'll, he'll talk to guys, and they'll call this like ridiculous match, and he's like, all right, Batman. So I want you to try to do this with me, and he always does. Um, El Generico's arm drag, right? Like this combination that he does. He's like, if they can't do it, 
basic match is what you get. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> so it'll be like, oh, yeah, because guys will be like, oh, we'll come in. We'll do this backflip. We hit like a super kick. like, all right, cool. We can do all that if you can do this. He's like, if they don't pass that test, he's like, nope. All right, so we're just going to do a super kick. That's all you get for that. <laughs> I mean – and that's less is more it really is in wrestling less is more everyone thinks they have to do everything in every match and you don't i mean less, less is really more in this business so, so i mean you're gonna grow a fan base i, I mean I, I work like an old school guy in a sense i have some new like newer stuff but like my brain wise i do mostly new uh old school stuff in a, in a sense uh where it makes sense so and if i do something that doesn't make sense and someone tells me well why would you do that and it doesn't make sense i sit back and i'll think about it and then if it doesn't make sense to me and i can't explain it to them then i won't do it because they made a valid point that, that my move didn't make sense so i try to make it make sense like uh a lot of guys grab the feet throw them in right where they sit on the ropes and I do that too for my Miz line. And uh, then Matt Seidel told me, he's like, why? Why would I throw both my feet up to you like that? I said, because uh, everyone else does it, I guess. Um, you know, so I was like, okay, cool. Throw your one foot up to me. I throw it in. I come in with a, I follow in with a back elbow, leaving you in the corner where your foot's dangling over. Okay, roll out, throw your other foot. I catch it, throw it in, then come into it then it made more sense because it was like pieced together getting me into that spot rather than just that simple move. And why would I stay there kind of thing? So yeah. it's all about think about what you're doing before you do it. In a sense would be another thing I would say. So That's all great advice though, man. This is, this is the kind of stuff that we get here, man. Like we get little seminars, like we get little seminars and people get to check out this knowledge for free. It's crazy. I mean, it, so it's funny to me because I'll, I'll wrestle and I'll wrestle guys and they don't know how long I've been in the business. Okay. No, and then we'll get done and uh, they're like, man, how, how long have you been in the business? They're like, 10 years? You know, so I was like, nah, five years, bro. They go, what? Bro, you wrestle like you've been in there for 10. I'm like, I don't know. I just get it. I don't know. I mean, some people are quick studies. They learn quick. I've been watching it since I was you know, an infant child. It's like, I was like, a born, I was born to do it. So I don't know. I, I did backyard as a kid. So I think we all did like, uh, yeah. you know, talk about it. We all did though. <laughs> yeah. Had the trampoline mattress outside the trampoline. So you do power bombs outside of the trampoline. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Maybe, maybe you had that 15 foot shed outside your house. You did a backflip onto a trampoline. Unfortunately, we weren't that rich. Um, we didn't have shit. But, but honestly, my trampoline, this is funny because our trampoline lost a leg, a part. And we didn't have a part. So we literally shoved it into a tree and used the tree as a turnbuckle. And it's just a one tree there. And we had a branch we could jump up and grab. And then so we could drop elbows and stuff. Um, I've done that. Stuff. We had the fake titles, you know, the fake spinner and all that. And have title matches. And of course, you were like five different people when you were doing it. So you never had one character. So you learned how to do character development in itself because you had to have different guys to wrestle <laughs> when you only had like two guys. So yeah. yeah. Lots of names. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you yeah. said, you were born for the business, man. That's exactly how, yeah. that's exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah. 
well, man, I got those are all the questions I got for you, but we do have one segment left that we do have to do, right? So, okay, this is the three count podcast presents the 10 count questions. These are world famous questions, everybody knows these questions, and this is how we do. I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions as quick as possible, so it's whatever the first thought that comes to your mind. So, oh, Ooh, okay, yep, so I'm gonna put the imaginary timer on the clock. And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Smackdown. Favorite movie? Uh, Troy. Night Owl or Early Bird? Early Bird. Uh, oh, Night Owl. Really both. It's hard to say on that one. That's a, that's a, I'm a tweener there. Good call on Troy, by the way. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> My favorite about that. Yeah. Favorite color? Green. Pineapple pizza, yes or no? Yes. Hey. Favorite song? Ooh, it depends on when it is and what genre. Uh, ooh. Uh, right now it's a uh, um, uh, Hollywood Undead, um, uh, Heart of a Champion. Right okay. now, it's a Favorite. badass beat. Huh? Favorite animal? Uh, tiger. Hey, let's go. Favorite podcast? Three count. That's what I'm talking about. See, we don't even have to tell anybody. <laughs> not take one person to be on this podcast. Uh, after me? Yep. Um, uh, I don't know. Um, we should definitely try to get... Uh, uh, Mecca Wolf would be a good one. Mecca. That's who had his face last Saturday, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that one. And then last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person that comes on this show, favorite curse word. Fuck. That's what I'm talking about. That's like the only word that's acceptable in this life. <laughs> it a lot. He wanted to being it. <laughs> I was telling, we were talking about it. Um, I see. There was another guest we were talking about it. It was like, you literally can use that word for every word in the sentence. It is amazing. <laughs> and different, like, the way you say it can mean different things. Yeah, I love it. When you do, like, inquisitive, you're like, fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're like, what the fuck, right? Or you shove your toe, you're like, fuck, oh, pain, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a video I've been talking about a lot, and I, I kind of try to, I'm trying to bring it back on resurgence, but it's called the history of the F word. So if you ever get a chance to on YouTube, Oh my god! I think I've seen that. Uh, I want to say I've watched that before. It sounds familiar. So <laughs> that is it for the ten count questions, man. So all I need from you now is just tell our listeners and our viewers where they can find you. All right, on Instagram, you can find me at Xander underscore Gold nineteen ninety. Um, on Twitter, the same Xander Gold nineteen ninety. And on uh, Facebook, you can find me at Xander Gold. And unfortunately, for all you kiddos, I don't have TikTok or uh, Snapchat uh, or any of those other uh, crazy platforms. I'm old, and I don't do social media very well. So, But go give me a like and a follow. And uh, I promise you'll like the content I have on Instagram and Facebook because that's where I post most of my stuff. So, Yeah. 
it's it's very true. I'm very much a fan too, so I've been watching a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. But that is it. This is the Three Count Podcast presents now into the ring. I'm your host Clifford Red Dog Miller here with Xander Gold because you know he's entering our ring. And uh, yeah, guys, check out the next episode and be there or be somewhere else. <laughs> What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn the notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anger.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.